Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories to entertain you and to entertain ourselves, because where'd be the fun otherwise? And we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, We're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current main house production, Vigil, Fear Itself. To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a merely role player's main house production. Fear itself, Act 2 of 5. Hi there, my name's Alexander Pankhurst and I play Graham the Summoned. Graham's just your average accountant who happens to be a demon and is destined to bring about the apocalypse. I'm Ellen and I play Jess Butterworth, the Spooky. Jess is a Sheridan local born and bred. A voice in the back of her mind keeps telling her she's bigger and better than this town. It's about time Jess showed Sheridan how badly it's underestimated her. Hi, I'm Chris Starkey and I play Cameron Jarvis, the wronged. Cam's parents and sister were killed by ghouls when he was just 10 years old while on a camping trip near Sheridan. Ever since then, a Doom agent has been secretly training Cam to hunt and kill monsters. There's a new kind of ghoul in Sheridan that pack their smoke and shadow selves into shells of paper. Jess definitely has the sense that she's encountered these before in the depot, being known as busybodies. Come with me now. I know what's best. You're just selfish, Kit. You're selfish and you're mean. That's not me! What if it wasn't you they wanted? three of you reconvene at the ruined tower of the ruined Sheridan Abbey, where Percy Byron set up her Victorian mad scientist laboratory. (laughs) And it was briefly occupied by Gwyn, who installed a makeshift rookery at one of the windows. Mm. And now Cameron is custodian. Mm. My caravan's out the front. (laughs) Of course. In case I uh, want some home comforts. Uh, how, How did Cameron end up being custodian of this tower? Well, Percy left me a lovely little note before she left, in which she said, Cameron, I have invariably enjoyed fighting alongside you. Your clear mission and single-minded approach reminds me of home. In my time here, I have also learned from our comrades 
that there is sometimes more than one way to look at or to approach the enemy. So I will simply say, trust the people around you. Do not solely rely on the rage that fuels you. As you've said to me on countless occasions, just be cool. Also, if you need to get away from Ginny sometimes, feel free to make use of my tower. I don't need it anymore. Percy. The tower itself is yours to do what you will with. Has Cameron made any modifications or creature comforts? It's very clean. Mm -hmm. Like anything that was dirty is now super clean. Everything's in its place. Uh, Lots of, I I imagine sort of like um, Scandi furniture is a sort of vibe, I'd say. Um, Very minimalist. Uh, whitewashed all the walls, um, stainless steel kitchen, that sort of thing. You know, everything is super clean, meticulous, everything in its place, but lacking soft softness, <laughs> one might say. And it doesn't feel very homely. Mm. No, nobody would want to live there. <laughs> and so the, the three of you sort of hole up here as somewhere that is fairly safe. It, it is a tall tower that I don't know if you've installed anything new, but when Percy was using it, you had to like shin up a rope to get up into this tower. That's his morning exercise yeah. routine. So, uh, yeah. uh, so you're pretty sure that ghouls can't get up here, or if they did get up here, you'd be able to see them coming through the windows and the choke points. So this is a fairly safe place for you to regroup and strategize. Right. So it looks like we're dealing with um, a team up. It's the right. bad Avengers are getting together. Oh, so the bad, the bad Avengers. I think I don't know. Have you seen the Avengers films, right? No. Avengers, Jess. A bit. It's not my cup of tea, but it's um, it's like a superhero film. Right. TV. We're, we're the Avengers. Right. And I mean, we're the good guys. Oh. Sort of. Well, we're the worst of our good guys, but we're the good guys. Yes. And they are the bad guys. Right. Who have like become bad. Right. Bad Avengers. I had to stop watching CGI films because Brian laughed every time they came on. Right. Okay. Because he could see through the CG. So all he saw was people walking in front of green screens and he laughed. Oh. oh Star yeah. Wars, the prequels were the worst. Really? Yeah. So now we can only watch 80s films. Oh. So movie night sucks. Right. Uh, um, okay. So we're, we're up against some, some bad guys. And you said there's some sort of team up. Team up, yeah. So we've got... Um, we've got ghouls and... Well, it's like a... So when we were on the platform thing, mm. you know, we got on the ghost train. One of the things that attacked us, they called it um, a busybody. And it was horrible. Right. It was made of paper and creepy as fuck. Um, and lots of tentacly sharp, paper cutty things. Sharp tentacles are awful. Um, I always, I much prefer sort of a soft... Silken. Off the chair. Yes. Off the chair. Just, just, sorry, yeah, sorry. There's sorry. puddles everywhere, sorry. Graham. I do, apo- do apologise. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try and clear that up. I'll uh, here's try and clear that up. A, uh, here's a... Shall I just stand in the sink? Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. I'll stand. I'll just sort of crouch in the sink. Squidward, you're a, you're a good guy in a fight. But Thank my you. God... You make a mess. I know. I, I, I am sorry. Your, your, um, yeah, your upholstery is absolutely. Um, uh, the last time you came here, I said, "Never sit on the chair." I the sofas. Sorry, I, I, I've been practicing sitting. I've um, got a bucket. Mm-hmm. You can put a foot, in a, a ten. What are you again? A demon. Yeah. Put. I've got two buckets. Okay. Put one foot 
mm-hmm. each bucket. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking with the sink. I can just sort the of... The sink would freak me out, man. Okay. No one stands in the sink. Okay. I just stand on the floor in the fucking buckets. Okay, I'll, I'll stand in these buckets. Okay. Jess is doing tennis between the two of them, getting more... Listen, <laughs> guys. Sorry. Guys. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know how many of them there are. And I don't know if they're coming back for us, but I'm feeling slightly vulnerable. Mm, no, I, I can understand that. That's all right. Me and me and Grammy dealt with them all right. Yes. You know, just stick with us, kid. We'll be all right. Yeah, I like that plan, mate. Stick with these two. They seem like they can handle it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, what should we do? Anyone? Well, they're, they're, a, they're a hybrid, aren't they? So we know that they're, they're sort of, um, they're papery. They don't do very well with fire, so we should... Or slime. Or slime, for that matter. Okay, burning slime, okay. I found it very difficult to do both. Um, You can either slime or burn. To try and combine the two is um, uh, difficult. Flammable? Flammable, yes. So dry and then flammable, absolutely. We could Mm -hmm, could, mm -hmm. could definitely go that way. Sort of like petroleum gel? Oh, which is which is flammable, but also quite sticky. Yeah, slimy. Yes. Okay. Like, I sticky, like that. Slimy, sticky, flammable. slimy, flammable. Sticky, slimy, flammable. Graham, can you um produce? <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never wondered what what other secretions I can make. I bring um, out a third bucket pretty damn quick. <laughs> um. Well, let's let's see, let's see. Like my my usual the, the sort of the moisture that surrounds me is to, is to keep things sort of lubricated and, and mm-hmm. moving well as as much as possible. But I'll, I'll I'll give it I'll give it a I'll give it a go. Okay. Um, so we'll, let's try this a little later on, Graham. Not oh, in okay. my living room. Okay. We could get him drunk. Um, do you have blood? No. No, I was thinking increased blood alcohol. Oh, yeah. and then maybe not. A Just set Graham on fire and throw them at him. Also an option. I'd rather not be on fire. Oh, sure. If, if at all possible. I, I can make that... myself look like I'm on fire, and then Graham all of a sudden just starts burning. No! <laughs> not actual flames, just... He just looks like he's burning. How how horrible is it? Like, it, is this like, he looks like a human who is burning, like his flesh is melting, all of that kind of stuff? Or does he just look like there is fire around him? That's... But in my head, that's where I'd gone immediately. Yeah. He hasn't gone full, like, face melty Bernie. He's just, like, there's fire dancing around him. So it looks quite festive, if anything. <laughs> just a little bit off-putting. But Jess has grabbed the tea towel. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's, it's not real fire. <laughs> not real fire. So that's actually useless then, right? So what you're doing right now is a complete waste of our time, Graham. I suppose when you look at it in that way, yes. Yes. We okay. don't need it to be Bernie. Right. Well, can, number one. can you do Bernie? Yeah, yeah, I can do Bernie, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So you're Mr. Bernie. I'm going to call you Bernie from now on. Right. I can't do anything of that. So I think I'll just hit them with my big axe. Well, we know that your axe works against ghouls. Busybodies. Like 100%. Then. What killed the busybody? Let's say fire. Burnie. It was fire. We burnt her to a crisp. But look, I, I definitely impaled one on my sword, so they don't like slicey things as well. That was a ghoul busybody. If we just fight a busybody, we're right. Bernie. Okay. Ghouly busybodies seem to be okay with what we've got. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm concerned that if I just chop at a bit of paper with my axe, it might not do much. Right. I could shoot it with my shotgun, I suppose. Yeah, you could. That absolutely. That would be quite fun, actually. But ghouls don't normally try to inhabit people, so they're trying to take over your mind, they're right? Really strong. Graham, have you heard anything like this before? Possessions happen all the time. They're quite common or garden, really. 
Um, although you're quite accurate in saying that Gauls tend not to do much possession, which would suggest this sort of hybrid is but, a... But could busybodies possess, though? I don't think it was trying to take you over. Not, not like I yep. did that one time. I don't think that's what it was going after. I think it was just trying to knock you out so it could take you somewhere. Right. So it doesn't want to be me. It just wants me to be somewhere, somewhere else. Hmm. Did you get any inkling of where? Well, I can assume from what Kit thinks about Milton that it's probably down in the depot, but... We really don't have to go back to the depot. I say back, I haven't been, but it just seems... Is there any way that we can... And I'm gonna, this is going to sound slightly alarming to you, but is there any way that we can just use you as bait? And lure them to us so that we don't have to go to the depot. You mm. said that you don't want to go again. Well, well, how you got to the depot mm. on the ghost train, right? Mm-hmm. The ghost train that can go to lots of different places, right? Yes. See, I've got a little problem I want to fix. And this sounds relatively similar. Oh, what's that? Well, there's an individual that I want to meet quite badly. Mm-hmm. Who is a ghoul mm. and acts in a slightly different way to most ghouls as well. Oh. Much more sentient, much more knowing. Do you think he might be the one that uh, instructed them to steal my cat? Yeah, I reckon it. That's the sort of thing this prick would do. I can't, I can't say for sure. But you feel pretty confident. 99.9%. Well, then, I think we should probably go and see this this um, creep. So we've got my guy, who I need to have a little chat with. We've got some unfinished business. And we've got the busybodies, who seem to have some unfinished business with you. Mm. And they don't like cats. And they don't like cats? No way. Oh, that's a travesty. Jess, mate, ask him where, where this ghoul he wants to meet is, because I've got a bad feeling. <clears throat> Cam? Mm-hmm. This, um, this fella? Yep. Oh, uh, any idea where you're planning to start your search for him? Uh, I was thinking of chopping my way through Fairyland until someone tells me where he is. Fucking knew it. Oh, oh, Kit, what's the problem? You know me and Fairyland's got history. And I'm not saying I don't want to go back exactly. I mean, I fucking hate it there, and everybody who is there. Actually, I might be coming around to the idea. If we follow this bloke to Fairyland, uh, I think I'm going to want to join him in carving the place up. I think everybody in Fairyland is long overdue a fucking up. All right now, Kit. Before we get on that train, you and I are going to have a conversation. Yeah, I suppose we're probably due one, aren't we, mate? Yes. So, the the Fey, the fey Realm, is that where we're going? Or Fairyland? That's where my guy is. Right. I haven't been there in a little while, actually, so that would be nice to visit. So, to get to Fairy, we've got to get the, the train, right? Yep. How do we get on the train again? Magic, right? I can't really do that. Didn't you? You said you said you said something, and the train arrived. Yes, it's any someone that has to have been born and bred in this town has to say the in, uh, 
chant to get the train to come and pick them up. I still have the bit of paper. Well, that's very handy. It means we can get the train. Yep. <laughs> I like trains. Okay. I was going to suggest we could do like a little rail trip, you know. Stop off at the depot, sort out that area, mm. have a little break on the train, get to the inferno, sort out your business. Maybe. And then we'll get to the fairyland and carve shit up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have a lovely like, long weekend. Well, you two can get day travel cards if you like. I'm getting a single, well, a return, a return. I'm yeah, yeah, we're return. all going to get returns, obviously. Yeah, obviously going to get a return. But we're going to do depot, inferno, fay. I don't particularly know why I'd want to go to the inferno, but... Um... Seeing as we've got a problem to solve, and I feel like me jetting off to the Inferno just seems a bit um, needless. I was miss. I am. Um, it's very. It's, it, it is rather. I just wonder. Could we go to the Inferno? Just no. We shouldn't. No, and I. I don't. I, honestly, I don't think I. No, it's fine. It's fine. Sorry, I had a, a small internal monologue at the last time I was in the Inferno. I feel like there was. Something um, that I should have done, but um, it's absolutely fine because I, I I didn't leave. I was summoned here, so it's it's. I'm sure I'm sure someone else has picked that up. That because it would have been on my to do list, so they will have they will have picked they will have picked that up. They will have picked that up. It's fine. It's fine. And if obviously obviously if anything has gone horribly wrong, somebody would have contacted me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not unreachable. Jess, mate. Actually, this is getting awkward. I'm just gonna. Kit manifests in the room so that Cameron can suddenly see Kit. Graham can see Kit fully and clearly, and you can all hear Kit. You two, pointing at Jess and Cam, definitely shouldn't go to the Inferno because it's sort of, what's the phrase? Inimical to mortal life? He is. He is bang on the money there. He is bang on the money there. Right. So just, you know, while we're discussing travel plans... Right, let's make an item here. Let's make a plan here. Timetable of events. So, we're going to meet up tomorrow morning around yeah. 6 a.m. So, we've got a long day ahead of us. Early start. Uh, yeah, but you don't sleep, okay. do you? No, no, no. Well, you, you inhabit a bin. Yeah, it, it was just, it's just an early start. I, I was more remarking on it. I'm not saying that there's no judgment behind it. I'm just saying it is an early start. Six is an early it's start. Quite early. 3 a.m. is an early start. Oh. Six is okay. post workout. I've had my protein shake and a chicken breast by then. So my, you are a busy boy. So six a.m. we meet up. Right, you say the magic words. I'll bring sandwiches. Sure. Mm. Uh, I don't so, do cards. So I'll, 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 bring, I'll bring my own. I'll okay. bring my own. I'll bring myself um, some sandwiches. I'll, I'll bring more protein shakes. So we, six six a.m. start. Meet mm-hmm. there. You say the magic words. We get on the train. Awkward conversation with your brother, and then we'll get to the depot. Don't bring me and Jess to the depot. I don't want to go to the depot. I thought you wanted to kill everyone at the depot. They, but they're trying to get us to the depot. We that... shouldn't just walk in there. Well, we can skip the depot if you really want to, but I thought that was, like, quite... Oh, well, the plan's already ruined, okay? Like, <laughs> what, What's our main focus? I, I, I thought it was the ghouls that were trying to take you, or more, more importantly, you. They are. So maybe, maybe we address that. Rather than going to the Fey realm to visit the the what, what did you call him the Daddy Ghoul? Yeah, Daddy Ghoul. He's, that's my nickname for the Ghoul that murdered my entire family. Hmm. Mm. That that's an interesting n- n- mm. name choice, but sure. He calls me Daddy for some reason, and that's why he's called Daddy Ghoul. Hmm. <laughs> so much to unpack. Um. They obviously want me and by proxy Kit mm-hmm. to go back to the depot where we think Milton is. So number one, we should definitely not 
go back to the demo and take Kit with us. That's sort of number one on my list of priorities. I hope everyone's okay with that. I guess... Seconded. There we go. Um, number Noted. two is maybe we need to find out why they want us there. Oh, always um, a thinker, Jess, aren't you? Always thinking away. I've been trying so hard. Can I tune in? Oh, interesting. Because I can attune my mind, uh, mind to a monster or minion. Yes, you can. Through Kit to Milton. Yep. Oh, yes. Oh, she yeah. Says, I'm going to stand in front of Kit mm-hmm. so the other people can't see him. This is quite embarrassing for Jess mm-hmm. because people don't normally see her do this. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to... Yes, actually. Could you... Kit flickers out of Cam's vision completely mm-hmm. and becomes a, a, a blurry outline mm-hmm. for Graham. Okay. So what you guys see is me standing very, very, very still. Sort of my breathing is even slowed. But in my mind, I'm holding hands with Kit and I'm staring very intently. And then we go forehead to forehead. Okay. This one's a one. That's a four, that's a five. Seven. Mixed success. Seven's okay. Okay. What does that mean on uh, tune in? On a seven to nine, hold one. Right. I need to get the right question. What's it planning to do? What's it planning to do? What's it planning to do? I was just checking. What's it planning to do? Right, mate, you know this is risky, right? Yep. We're going to have a look at his mind. He might get a look back. He's going to know that we're prying. I've got my mantras. Get in and get out. Get what we need. Smash and then and break break that connection. Okay. All right. Yep. Here goes nothing. <laughs> and Jess, you can see Kit's form flicker, and it's like Kit and Milton flickering back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like he, you're seeing you're seeing Kit, then Milton, then Kit, then Mil- Milton as he flickers like static. You don't get like words necessarily. You just get. It's almost like you're feeling Milton's desire. Fix what's broken. Expand. Subjugate. That you feel anger, especially as Milton, off in that Mm. other realm, starts to feel this connection and realise that this is you and Kit prying. Oh no! You feel rage at the two of you specifically for disrupting their operation in the depot. You caused setbacks. He needs to correct those setbacks. He needs to replenish his typing pool. He needs to step up inductions. And for that, he needs to subjugate Kit. Oh, dear. (laughs) To combine their psychic talents, to brainwash more people, to expand the typing pool, to strengthen the emission effect. Mm -hmm. Bollocks, 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 Kit. Get out of here. Connection snaps. <laughs> Kit comes back to themselves, staggers, flickers a little more, and then calms. You get all that? Uh-huh. Oh, no. Guys, it's, um, it's a little bit worse than I thought it was going to be. So, you know, everything that went on when we got the train and everything, and we found all the people that have been, including my brother, that have been kept in the depot and the typing mm. pool. Mm. They were creating the emissions effect. And we released them all, which is why it's been, you know, not working so much. Milton is not happy about that. And he is stepping up his game. And he is trying to get Kit to strengthen his power. And they're going to be grabbing more people, I'm sure of it. So is your brother at risk as well, then? 
I don't know. I don't think so. He was a guard. He wasn't one of the typists. So I suppose I suppose what we, we, we've got to ask is what what is Milton vulnerable to? So he seems to be the head honcho in all of this. And uh, I, I suppose the, the question that we have to ask Kit is how, how, do we, how do we deal with Milton? Look, whatever you're vulnerable to, Kit, is going to be what Milton's vulnerable to. That's why I'm sort of cagey about it. Do you want to tell me or...? You're sort of not going to want to hear it, especially given the stuff that we still have to talk about, but seems urgent. There's some higher priorities than the stuff between you and I, Kit, at the moment, I think. Well, it's sort of all relevant, isn't it? Because if you want to know what's, what's my weakness, it's you. Alpha. And so what's his weakness is her. Right. We need to go after Clarissa, his human. Oh. What, like kill Clarissa? Can we sever the connection? I hope there's a way we can sever the connection without having to, you know, shed blood. And where and where is and where is Clarissa? She'll be with wherever Milton is. So we are going back to the depot then, aren't we? Really? I am sorry, but it does look like we're heading that in that direction. I quite, you know what, Graham? I quite like the bait idea. <laughs> okay, because how did the how did the how did the ghouls and the busybodies get here? Oh. Did they get the train? Did they hop on the train? I very much doubt it. But how did they get here then? If we can find a back entrance into the depot, another way in, or a way of getting them out, how did you get to Inferno? What do you do to get to Inferno? Um. Well, I'd rather not go into the, uh, the the precise details, but I basically have to uh, open a portal. Right, because when I fought... To the Inferno, and then I can get there. Because when we fought the hunt... Right. The elves, they made a portal straight to Fae. Yes, yes, no. I mean, generally speaking, people from that particular realm can just um, open a portal right. or know a means. If they're, be... if they're, you know, high up enough. Could it be that we could... Uh find someone who hails from the depot and get them to make us a portal. Portal to the depot? It still needs to be got to go there. Wait. Kit's been away from me for a while. Right. So if he can leave me, Mm -hmm. maybe Clarissa can leave Milton. So maybe we steal... Maybe we kidnap Uh, Clarissa. uh, Ah! Get to... His human before they get me they get you yeah i like it okay but still means going to the depot yeah fundamentally we've still got to go to the depot and as soon as jess and kit enter the depot they're going to know that we're here right because you can sense each other is that yeah that mm-hmm, definitely so know. let's try let's try and suppress that in some way magic guys ah, i don't know okay. we d- delve into this but Okay. If we can dampen that little sphere of influence, mm. we're going to Ocean's Eleven. Right, I'm going to make a plan. Let's make a schedule. Okay. So we're going to meet tomorrow at six a.m. <laughs> and we're going to we're going to make a plan. Sandwiches. I'll bring my sandwiches. You bring I'll yours. I'll bring my own sandwiches. Chicken breast. Are there any preparations that any of you would like to make before setting off on this journey to another realm? Graham is is going to. 
cast some magic upon Jess and Kit. Some some artisanal magic. Artisanal <laughs> magic. Oh yeah. Oh, Graham's all about the artisanal. So yeah, I wanted to to, to shield the sort of link that Kit and, and Milton have, so that they they can't detect yeah. where uh, yeah. Jess and Kit are. Where does Graham do this magic, and what does it look like? Maybe he tries it on the platform just before Ooh, yeah. they ask for the sure. for the for the train. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've all assembled at <coughs> six a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Cam's detailed instructions. Yeah, and you don't actually you don't have to be at the station to summon the ghost okay. train now that it's sort of running mm-hmm. to Sheridan. Jess particularly can mm. summon it from ev- from anywhere in town, but the station is still a good like discreet mm. place to summon it. Now that you know that <laughs> people who see it probably won't forget about it. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay, yeah, let's. Um, so I'm going to do that. Previously, Graham's magic has sort of come in the form of either smoke or sort of fire because he's in infernal. And uh, th- the same counts for here. He's going to take a long drag on his cigarette. And uh, let's see what pans out as he blows smoke over Kit and Jess. That's a five plus Plus weird. Two for weird. And uh, I'm going to use a point of luck. I don't don't want this to be something that doesn't work perfectly. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to use a point of luck, which brings us all closer to the apocalypse, which is just just the best. You now have a full success on Mm. use magic. So the magic... Works as intended with mm-hmm. no glitches. So as I blow the smoke at Kit and Jess, it sort of very simply creates a little shield <laughs> around you both. Kit notices and Jess notices if they separate, then it looks like one of those uh, bubbles that's been filled with smoke from a vape. Very visible. <laughs> so they sort of separate and it... it Two little bubbles around each other, so they don't have to be like jammed together the entire mm. time. Ah, worked perfectly, like a charm. Jess, for for the second time in twenty four hours, mm. you find sort of smoke wreathing your vision, but where before, uh, when it was the ghoul, it was black, dark, like gritty, scratchy smoke shot through the shadow. Now it's the, it's the softer, greyer, bluer smoke mm. of, uh, of a cigarette. Mm-hmm. I, I believe I believe my work here is done. <laughs> Well done, Squidward. That was really good. Oh, thank you very much. I'm actually genuinely impressed. <laughs> it's the second time I've been impressed by you. Ah, marvellous. So well, well done. You're, you're, you're welcome. I am likewise pleased not to be in flames. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're also very welcome. Right then. Is everybody ready? Let's call this train, baby. Right. I've got to get out of this town. One of the doors in one of the first carriages opens. You can see carriages stretching off back into the distance, seemingly infinite. But one of the first carriage, uh, carriages, one of the ones that's in the platform, a door opens and the conductor, formerly Thomas Butterworth, Jess's brother, uh, wearing an old-timey conductor's uniform with a ticket machine slung over his shoulder, leans out of the train onto the platform and says, all aboard! Just does a big sigh of relief because he's still where she last saw him. <laughs> oh, Tom, thank God. Okay, everyone, on with Tom, please. Oh, welcome, welcome, all of you. Oh, some of you are new passengers, but you're friends of Jess, right? 
Uh, absolutely, yes. Very right. good friends. Very well, very well. Okay, free travel for all of you. Where to today? Well, we'd like to go to the depot, please. Now, why would you want to go back there? You know that's not an official stop on this train. I'll do it. It's as a favour to you if you really want to, but why do you want to go back there? A very good question. We've got to go and kill some ghouls. We've got to go and mess up uh, some crazy cow who was... Uh, Messing with people's minds, kidnapping people. I'm pretty sure you ran into them. Uh, unfortunately, the previous team couldn't quite do the job. So we're here today to finish off the job, get it sorted, save your sister and her little uh, invisible mate, and then have a party in Fade Town. I wasn't sure about the party in Fade Town, but we can revisit that at a later juncture. Ghouls, you says? Yeah, ghouls. They've been, you know... Coming about. Hearing a lot about ghouls lately on the train. Are there any ghouls on the train right now? Is my axe going crazy? <laughs> it, your axe is not going crazy. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, if a ghoul tried to get on this train, I would, I would have something to say about that. Uh, they would be getting thrown off. But a lot of the passengers have been talking about near run-ins with ghouls or people that they know from their realms being uh, taken away by ghouls. So, Tom, we're pretty sure that the ghouls have come from the depot to... Our, the real, whatever this place is called, material world. England? Uh, yeah, England, yeah. Yeah, they came here. How? The well, in the train. They didn't get on the train, I'll tell you that much. Powerful beings from other realms have got ways, other ways of travelling. That You know, the ghost train is the way that ordinary beings from whatever realm get from place to place. But uh, the posh knobs of the Seely Fay or the... Um, the, the mayor of the sunlit uplands, you know, the, the powerful ones, they've got ways to get around other than the but train. But what, what the depot could do it then? They can send things from the depot. That's a difficult one. I'm not aware of any, uh, any traffic from the depot lately. And uh, I don't know. The depot's not exact. It's not really a place. Mm. It doesn't have. Nobody is from the depot. It's only supposed to be a sort of between place where the ghost train goes when it's not being used. So. I don't know of any beings that would be enough of the depot to create their own portals and ways and such. So maybe the depot is not the place then? Kit, we knew what they were up to, but we never saw where they were. Right, yeah. It's uh, maybe a bit safer now with uh, all this smoke around us. Well, hopefully they won't see us. Fingers crossed, mate. Nine. Nine. Where is the creature right now? <laughs> <laughs> you, all, you all sort of step aboard the, uh, the ghost train. You're having this conversation as, as the conductor is sort of taking you through to a free seat. There's more people on the ghost train than the last time Jess was on here. Now that the service is actually kind of running again, you see that there are some kind of fae that you would recognise from the Rosebriar Rose Forest, some of the sorts of fae that, that Briar deals with, satyrs and nymphs and that sort of thing. There's a first-class carriage <laughs> with some uh, some posher sort of seely folks in. Um, there's one carriage mostly taken up by a, a troll, <laughs> a big, a big kind of meaty, knuckly, red-faced troll. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's actually people run people on this train now as you're as you're walking through. But sort of in one of the vestibules between carriages, Jess and Kit once again sort of take hands, touch foreheads, and. Instead of feelings, you now 
are able to see through Milton's eyes, mm-hmm. hear through his through his senses. You see an unfamiliar scene. A scene that is familiar in some ways and unfamiliar in others. You see the same setup that you saw in the depot where Milton was inducting the Endless Night members. Milton in the centre, a circle of seats, hooded figures in each seat being brainwashed by Milton. But the surroundings are not of an office. There are no sort of polystyrene ceiling tiles. There's no scratchy office carpet. There's no window with plastic Venetian blinds. Instead, it's a rocky cavern. Mm. Black and stony with luminescent lichens and moss. And you can hear, insulated by, it feels like, sort of layers of rock, throbbing, pounding, techno music. Kit leaves you sort of connected for a little longer mm-hmm. this time, feeling safe, surrounded by Graham's enchantment. And sort of Milton looks around at each of the people that he's inducting, sort of reaching out a hand to each one in turn. And you're seeing these are not all mortals. In fact, most of them aren't. They're, they seem to be mostly drawn from other realms. So you're seeing a similar sort of demographic to what you're seeing on the train. Mm-hmm. Different kinds of fey and uh, boggarts and, and those kinds of beings. As he pivots around to face each one in turn, you see an opening to the cavern and you see flitting around through the air, glowing, tiny, butterfly-winged pixies flying past. You got enough, mate? Oh, yep. Connection breaks. I don't think he noticed. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Right. They're in fairyland. Woohoo! Choo-choo! Big benefit for you. I suppose we're two birds, one stone sort of thing. Yeah. Really? I've got quite a few birds that need a little of a seeing. <laughs> phrasing. Birds that need. Graham's just learned about phrasing. <laughs> There's a few people I've got to have a little chat to. But one right. in particular. And who would that be? Daddy Ghoul. Ah, Daddy Ghoul. But you know, there's the, there's the centaur guy we might have a little chat with, and Lord Fancy Pants, who was pretty rude to me and my friends, but I can't remember his name. Lord Fancy Pants it is. So we've got to go and get Horse Boy, Daddy Ghoul, and Lord Fancy Pants. But first... But- Oh, thank you guys. Yep, yep, that that would be great. Sorry, yeah. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Before we go, Kit, you said that you were in Fae, the Fae Kingdom, Fairyland, whatever, for a long time, but that time passed really weird there. Yeah. I don't want to come back and find that everyone I know is dead and old. Um, What's the deal? If I knew that, I wouldn't be in this situation. Oh, you're, you're thinking of going to Fairyland? Yes. Right, there's... Okay, we can do that. I'll sort, sort you all out a, a trip that way. But um, I can give you the, the safety briefing, as it were, for uh, okay. mortals visiting Fairyland. That would be very helpful, Tom. All right, I'll talk to you about it when we move off. Uh, there's space in that carriage just there. As you head through the vestibule to the carriage that he points you through to, you find it's a, it's like a it's a restaurant car. So there's various sort of denizens of different realms, a satyr and so, some other sorts of people. 
dining on various different kinds of things. And at a booth on his own at the very far end of the carriage is a thick-set, barrel-chested, 50 or 60-year-old man wearing a white shirt, a shoulder holster, with a napkin tucked into the top of his shirt. Cameron, you instantly recognise... You fuck! Ernest Bering, agent of the Department of Emissions. Oh no, Matt, what have you done? (laughs) He clocks you, because he's a very alert agent type, and you lock eyes across the end of the carriage. Oh, I start walking forwards. He casts the napkin aside and reaches under the table, you think from experience with Ernie, probably for a weapon. I start running towards him. <laughs> he rises kind of awkwardly because like, the table is partly over the seat that he's in, so he can't rise all the way. From underneath the table, he's pulling a M16 type assault rifle. <laughs> But only with one hand on that. He's pulling it up so that, so that it's above the table. But with the other hand, he puts a hand out to you and goes, Cameron, wait! Wait! Fucking wait! I'm going to grab the gun and snap it in half. <laughs> Incredible. If I, if I do this. Then. Yeah, great. Three, that is a nine. Okay, total. so you can do it, but it either hurts you or you're exhausted. Oh, is that one? No, I'm going to lock this. I'm just going to do it. I grab the gun, snap it in half, and I just lift him up by the neck. Cam, 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 cam. This fucker is responsible for everything. When you say everything, uh, Cameron, what exactly do you mean? He made the ghoul that killed them all. Calm down, Cameron, calm down. Squeeze a bit tighter. Think about this before you hurt yourself. So this man made a ghoul. He released it. Well, that wasn't very wise, was it? I've come to realise that in the years since. I think Jess has reached Cameron and is, is like, she's not strong, but she's trying to wrestle his arm down. I push her away. Okay. I just look him in the eyes. Why should you live? Maybe I shouldn't, but you definitely shouldn't try and hurt me right now. One reason, Ernie. One reason why you're dead. Ernie pulls a combat knife off his belt and he cuts across his other hand with it. He takes one harm. Cameron, you take one harm as the exact same wound appears on your corresponding palm. You feel the slash of the knife across your hand. Precautions! Thought I might meet you on the train. Ow! I just slowly lower him down back into his chair and I sit opposite him. I've got business in another realm. Seems like you do too. We don't have to do this. We can do our separate things. I'll move to another carriage, I don't mind. Why didn't you tell me, Ernie? Tell you what? Everything! Why leave me? It's fucking ten years old, man. You saw me every six months. For ten years. And you were the one. How could I? How could I tell you? Saw all that... All that rage in you about it. Truth be told, 
I needed to bank that rage. I needed that rage. I saw an advantage in it. But there was no advantage in it being pointed at me. He was there. You guys see how much of a twat this guy is, right? So uh, Graham's helping Jess back up. And I think we've sat probably in the booth opposite. Not directly because it's quite an intense space to (laughs) be in. But we haven't moved far away. And I'm just going to take a very, very long drag of my cigarette. And I'm going to blow smoke directly into Ernie's face and cast some magic. Six, seven, eight, nine. It works, but there is a glitch. I take one harm. Oh, interesting. And what is the effect of this magic? It removes the curse that (laughs) um, is placed on you that links Ernie. You blow smoke in Ernie's Mm. face, and it's like he's specifically cast this charm on himself Mm -hmm. to mimic damage to him onto specifically Cameron Mm -hmm. but in trying to remove it Mm -hmm. some of that is mirrored onto you as well and so whatever this means for Graham's actual form, Mm -hmm. that same injury, the cut across the palm Mm. happens to Graham as well and you see you blow smoke into his face Mm -hmm. and there is a sizeable puff of smoke from under his clothes it looks like there was sort of something under there that was like the physical mm-hmm. component of this spell that has just gone up in smoke. And he winces, like he feels, it mm. seems like this probably burned him under his shirt. Graham also winces slightly, because <laughs> he's not used to getting small amounts of damage to him, because he's, he's always got the armour to protect him. And then he just backhands Ernie <laughs> across the face. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I look at Cam and go, Feel anything? Much better, thank you. Good to hear. Right, Ernie, my old son. So I was nothing but a tool, is that right? A tool for your need for violence. You made me into a monster. You killed my family. At first. And now you've made me into something I hate. I, at first, yes. You You were an asset. All right, that's how we're trained to see people. And by the time there was any more to it, by the time I actually cared about you, it was too late. I couldn't tell you the truth or it would bring the whole thing down. We'd end up in this situation is what I've been trying to avoid. They're gonna rip the table out from between us. Mm-hmm. Great. Eight total. Uh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be a little bit tired from this bit now. Okay. I'm just gonna grab him by the throat. I'm going to turn to Jess. You're the only person here who isn't a monster. Why shouldn't I kill him right now? Alright, lovies. This is Matt, your compare speaking. I hope you enjoyed Act 2 of Vigil Fear Itself. There will now be an interval of two weeks before Act 3, but in case that leaves you high and dry next week, we're going to invite you backstage to hear some more of Percy Byron's letters to her friends left before she returned to her own time. Stay tuned now for the credits and the epilogue. But just before that, lovies, we really must introduce you to Deck of Many Aces. They are a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast 
with an all-ace and a-row cast, playing characters each of which is tied to one of the 22 cards in the Deck of Many Things, the infamous Dungeons & Dragons magical item based on the tarot deck that can derail or end campaigns uh, when used. Here are Deck of Many Aces with a flavour of what their show's all about. Welcome, I'm Bastet. I'll be running your operation. The project's official name is the Adventurer's Research of Abnormal Civilian Experiences, or Project Arrowace for short, to investigate the unusual occurrences that have been happening everywhere recently. I've hired you all for your uh, indisputable military prowess. I'm going to be honest, I think we should run. Your academic expertise. I don't know, I'm not a wizard in real life. And your hands-on experiences. Tentacles belong in the ocean! I did lose, I also lost all my food, so Delphi, in a few hours you might start looking really delicious. Oh! Okay. <laughs> Can everyone please roll for an initiative? Oh. I nearly cut so hard. <laughs> Deck of Many Aces is an actual play podcast made by an all-aromantic and asexual cast and crew. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts, releasing every other Friday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Deck of Many Aces. Excuse me, mister? What can I do for you? I'm Liz, Liz Butterworth. I run the duck and parsnip just over there. And we're just finishing up in the kitchen, and there's all these potatoes going spare. And I saw you out here on the green all by yourself on the bench, and well, I thought no harm in offering. No harm. And if this bench here is your best prospect tonight, well... We've got a room at the pub going spare that you could have for the night if you liked. You're very kind, but I'm not hanging about. I was here to meet someone, but it's looking like a no-show.